0: Many friends, it's very easy to see why this Sunday has been called Good Shepherd Sunday. It's a very pervasive theme through all of the readings that we hear this morning. The psalm is, The Lord is my shepherd. The gospel acclamation is, I am the good shepherd. And the gospel reading from John 10 echoes, I am the gate to the sheepfold. And all of these encapsulate the beautiful Good Shepherd image. In all its loveliness, it's the shepherd of the one who cares for the flock, despite the dangers and the difficulties. And I guess there's a lot of danger around with the spread of COVID-19 amongst us at the moment. Over past years, Good Shepherd Sunday has been known as an opportunity to um, promote vacations, and indeed this year Pope Francis is calling it the World Day of Prayer for Vocations. Over the years, the Church's theology of vocation has given us a wonderful appreciation of our life's calling as being more than just the tasks we do. Thinking about our vocation is an opportunity to embrace our life as a response to God and to embrace our unique life path as a way to the Kingdom. And it's more than just simply making a decision about our career, whether we want to be a priest, brother or nun, doctor, lawyer, nurse, teacher, carer, married, single, whatever. It's about how we're living our life and how we're responding to God at a very deep level and listening to that call. In the midst of the pandemic, we can see people living their vocations very seriously and devotedly in many contexts. Just on the way here this morning, I stopped at the IGA and the staff were scrubbing down the counters with disinfectant to protect the customers. During the holidays, the teachers put aside their holidays to get ready for online learning so that when school came back, the turn to up and running. We can see our frontline healthcare workers, the doctors and nurses, ready and um, lined up, ready for. All um, manner of crisis that work, walk through the door. To have a sense of your vocation is more than just the task at hand, but to see that you're responding to God and to see that the small effort we might make in one area comprises a response to the fulfilment of a greater plan um, leading to the establishment of God's kingdom in the world. So many of us during these times, I really feel a greater solidarity with the common project of humanity. Where we see a great outpouring of compassion and a great display of charity of people ever ready and eager to help, ready to listen to that call and respond with Christian love and charity. At this time, a number of significant anniversaries occur. Firstly, it's 250 years, quarter of a millennium, since Captain James Cook, in his sailing rig Endeavour, entered Botany Bay on the 28th of April seventeen seventy. And today, two hundred years ago, the ship carrying the first official Catholic chaplains to the colony of New South Wales arrived in Sydney, the ship Janus. And then a few days later, the um, priests, Father John Joseph Terry and Philip colony, colony, celebrated the first authorised masses in the colony on the 6th and 7th of May. 1820. So that's exactly 200 years ago today. So those two events occur at this time. Now, of course, just to point out, um, that mass wasn't the first mass said on Australian soil. There have been a number of other um, convict priests, namely James Dixon from Ritzford Island in 1803, and the Jeremiah O'Flynn in 1817, who was ungraciously deported by Lachlan Macquarie when his paperwork didn't add up. Fathers John, Joseph, Terry and Philip Colony were authorised by the government, by the colonial office in London, they had the right papers. And of course, as you we might well imagine, the things were very difficult for the Catholic Church. And um, so 50 years later, after the advent of Captain Cook, that um, the Catholic Church is finally established in this colony, despite the fact that um, a, a large um, quarter of the convicts were actually Irish Catholics. 250 years ago, when the Endeavour arrived in Botany Bay, the botanist Joseph Banks was overcome with the multiplicity of life and the beautiful four and four that surrounded him. They called it Botany Bay, a virtual paradise. 18 years later, when Captain Arthur Phillip came, the actual First Fleet, and um, this week people are confusing Captain Cook as being the First Fleet, it's 88, 18 years later. They arrived at Botany Bay and found it somewhat wanting, but established the colonial settlement in Port Jackson around the corner, a few miles north. But nevertheless, when um, it continued to be referred to as Botany Bay, when Dr. Slater, who was the bishop responsible basically for the entire southern hemisphere almost, who was in Mauritius off the coast of South Africa, when he was looking for missionaries, he looked for missionaries for Botany Bay. John Joseph Terry is likely to be called the found, rightly to be called the founder of the Catholic Church in Australia. He was born in County Cork in Ireland, seventeen ninety, exactly the same year as my great great-great-grandfather, Owen O'Donoghue was born, but on the other side of Ireland. John Joseph Terry became a priest for the diocese of Kildare Lane. And his vocation story bears the hallmarks of his predecessor predecessor St. Patrick many centuries earlier, who had a vision of a need and responding to the people crying out for the good news of the gospel. And um, St. Patrick, 1,500 years later, 1500 years earlier, responded to the needs of the Irish. So one day in the marketplace, Terry saw a wagon being drawn along. There were some of his countrymen loaded up, squashed in the wagon, handcuffed and bound and gagged, looking rather bedraggled. He asked what it was about, and he was told they were being dragged off to Botany Bay. Very quickly, he scrounged up 30 prayer books, threw them in the wagon, and made a decision there and then to um, go to the other side of the earth, to save their souls, to be a pastor to them, to save them from eternal damnation. And fortuitously, through a network of connections of um, Jeremiah Finn, a few months later, he was um, bound, um, ready for um, for Botany Bay, and arrived. And through the efforts of his colleague, that he made it out to Australia for ministry. Needless to say, times are very hard. The Catholics in Australia at the time were an oppressed minority. It was ten years before the English Parliament voted for Catholic emancipation. There was very difficult negotiations with the government and Terry um, eventually lost his um, salary from the government because they suspected him of um, being an Irish popist and Republican. The Catholic convicts were herded into Protestant services against their will prior to Terry's arrival. And if they didn't go, and seeing his disobedience, they didn't go to the service, they were hoarded off, locked in stocks and flogged. So you can imagine they were grateful with Ontario's arrival and the establishment of the Catholic Church. The 250th anniversary of James Cook's legendary boys up this east coast of Australia will pass uncelebrated since all the major events have been cancelled. Captain Cook named places around here like Moreton Bay, Point Danger, Point Lookout, the Glasshouse Mountains. So all of those celebrations have all been cancelled due to the pandemic. But the equivalent story of the arrival of the first official chaplains and the birth of the Catholic Church of Australia is unknown and uncelebrated and largely unrecognised. But when I um, think about their efforts, the valiant efforts of these early pioneer priests and the courageous efforts they made in such harsh and relenting conditions, I'm deeply inspired. For months, the free settlers and convicts and um, government officials and soldiers both Catholic and Protestant. These early priests mirrored the care of the original good shepherd. Terry was known for his unstoppable efforts of reaching out, doing a thousand things for a thousand people, looking after the poor, the sick, the dying, and undoing thousands of things for the downcast and struggling. It's less than three decades that it took for someone to get here, into into, um, this part of the world, in 1849, Eugene Lucky arrived here, sent by Father James Hanley, who was then known as Limestone, and he is the first shepherd in this region. This fine city of Ipswich. On well, this World Vocations uh, Sunday, we can think about our own calling and our own response of life. This tiny virus, the um, Corona coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2. It's um, 50 nanograms, so small, but it can teach us so much and has forced us to think about what is so important in our lives It's taught us so much. It's also prompted us in this moment to think about our own calling and what's important, how we live our lives authentically. I could have never imagined the style of ministry that's happening in these past weeks when I signed up for this. I could have never thought about it in this shutdown. I've had this opportunity. This is my first live streaming mass and all sorts of possibilities that are happening as um, we remain connected, as um, we live out our vocation as, as a church, even though the doors of the church are being closed. We are affirmed in our living as, as, um, as church. And then um, through this little vocation Sunday, we can give praise and thanks to all the shepherds, all the pastors who have cared for us over the years, where they come from, Ireland, uh, Europe, the New World whether they're Murphys, Connors, Newens, or Chans, whether they're native-born or whether they're international priests, we can give praise and thanks for their efforts in the way they've nurtured us and the way they've led us. And we give praise and thanks for all the good shepherds in our midst diligently protecting us from um, the spread of this terrible virus. So in this um, World Vocation Sunday, let us give thanks for all those things. As um, we're sitting at home, we can think about our response about the way forward. Now that we might live out our vocations with integrity and authenticity.